0: E-S-N-Y Football is back how you doing folks this is the jets all the way podcast and you're with us jeff Chetty, and robbie sabo of elite sports new york football is back you've waited this long why not wait just about just over a month lo- longer as we dive into the New York Jets training camp proceedings right here on the Jets All The Way podcast? Training camp has just gotten underway. I, of course, am Jeff Maglici alongside ESNY editor-in-chief and founder Rob Sabo. Rob, you've been tearing it up in Florham Park. How are you feeling? Good. Um, I'm actually a little
1: sunburned after just two days, and this shouldn't be the case because it's, it hasn't been that scorching. <laughs> but my white, white, pale skin
0: just can't handle it. Look at that! Look, you're putting some, you're putting some great visuals into the Jets All the Way podcast. It's crazy. Good for you. I mean, hopefully it translates to the paper as well, to the uh, to the print. But uh, good job there. And uh, so the Jets have been underway for their first two practices this far. Going to put the pads on over the weekend. So your first initial impressions? What have you seen out there so far? I mean, it's it's so early.
1: Sure. You know. It, the, the coaches are just putting everything together. Um, everything, Everything's about organization at this right. stage in the game. Sure. Uh, the main takeaways, I think, so far, looking at Greg Williams and what he's doing, who he has lined up, uh, there were a couple tweets people were putting out there. He's running a four-man front. It's not true. It's not a 4-3. Really?
0: It's a, four, it's
1: a four-man front. In 11 personnel, standard four three four or
0: 4-3. Interesting.
1: It, once they went to base, he ran a true 3-4, unlike his past. So true
0: 3-4, mm-hmm.
1: without pool. Uh, Arthur Mallet is the Nickelback right now. I don't, R- what, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Do you know?
0: Arthur Mallet?
1: Yeah, Mallet or Mallet. Is it French? I don't <laughs> know. I think no. he's from New Orleans down no. there
0: i'm working with uh someone from the liberty her name is uh, marine johannes and she just came over from france in fact uh i was up in uh, connecticut on wednesday you know sarah kustak mm, sounds familiar no she does uh, she does the nets commentary on uh, on yes oh yes okay and she also huh, oh yes on yes well played over there <laughs> i did not do that intentionally <laughs> you did not give me credit oh no but that's great but um no i was talking to her and um she, she does this Connecticut Sun games over on Nesson. And, you know, she was asking me how to, pr- how to pronounce Marine Johannes, the Liberty's new rookie. She went six for six uh, on a win last Saturday and, and a win. And, uh, and, you know, I basically told her how to say it. It was great. And, uh, yeah, I basically told her the few, the proud the Marine in there. She's uh, done a great job so far. Looking forward to her. But Arthur Mallet, first of all, it's not spelled how you would expect it to spell. I was expecting like something like Ryan Mallet, but uh, it's interesting in the sense that, uh, you know, he is a Memphis alum, 26 years old, been in this league for a few years and has done a solid job over with New Orleans so far. So, and you know, he has 10 tackles so far. Uh, he played with, he played two seasons with the saints and, you know, kind of made his mark as a bit of a special teams guy. But now you're saying he's been working in the nickel? He is the first-team nickel
1: right now. With Poole with pool not there, Ben Rontez-Miles is the first-team safety, free safety, center fielder, angel position. Greg Williams loves to play his free safeties in another zip code. Um, ahead of Middleton with no Marcus May.
0: No Marcus May? Oh, right, because he's on the PUP list, that's right. So... Uh, in, in the end of the day, I think that this Jets team, from what we've seen in the training camp videos so far, it might end up being super scoring because of, you know, the lack of reinforcements on defense. You're basically hanging in there with guys, guys like Malay. I think it is Malay, by the way. Guys like Malay who have, you know, ma- mostly made their marks as reserves and special teamers back there. Darrell Roberts is another guy like that. He was a bit of a special team standout for the Jets last year so. You're working with guys back there who may not have the most experience and may not necessarily be the most talented, at least until guys like Marcus May comes back, at least until Trumaine J- 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 Johnson rediscovers the true potential that caused the Jets to give him such a massive deal. So I think the offense is really going to be key moving forward, especially if they get into shoot- shootouts in such games. What do you think, Rob?
1: Yep, offense and uh, especially offensive line. And Le'Veon Bell spoke yesterday, yes. um, I guess, for the first time at training camp yes that's right and you know I think that's the the biggest takeaways from early on because there's no strategy there's no game planning there's really nothing of that sort you just see who is where on the field and you and you see you check out the personalities of the new guys no you're right Le'Veon Bell is free he is loose he is just being himself he doesn't care Um, And he's a good guy. He's not a bad dude at all. For the controversy and the criticism he's taken, he's not a bad guy at all.
0: One thing I've Uh, noticed, he's been very lively, it appears. Can you confirm that? Like, very lively, always smiling, a burst of uh, sunshine and fresh air to a place that has been all too grim in recent years, I believe.
1: Yeah, and and I just wrote it, actually, just like an hour ago. Mm -hmm. He's free. He escaped
0: football prison that he suffered through for, for a year. Um, I think it's a stretch you call prison, maybe football purgatory, I think would be the better word to describe it. There you go. Purgatory is fine. Yeah, purgatory, it's in the sense that, you know, the Steelers were a good squad. It's just that he wasn't getting everything he wanted. And now I think that's going to be a, that's going to make him a better player, make him more determined moving forward. And I think one of the most telling things in his opening presser is how much of an offensive load. He is willing to take because I think the Jets are very much going to rely on him this year. What do you say? Some he wants to carry the ball like five hundred times this season.
1: Yeah, well, with the steel, not the steel. It's steelers are not prison whatsoever. His year um, missing football. Yes, His, yes, of course. The the contract and all that stuff. Yeah, he made the comment five hundred times. Woo! He's just he's all in. He he he's he's full of personality. He's loose. He wants to do whatever he can. Obviously, five hundred is a pipe dream. Um. But, yeah, he's, he's just he's ready to get at it. And, he, you know, we'll know tomorrow when the pads come on and the fans are there. Mm-hmm. And we'll see Le'Veon and how he, how he does and how he acts, too.
0: No, I just think it's super interesting that, you know, you mentioned 500 is a pipe dream. And we were talking about, I believe, in the last episode of the program that, you know, I think 8-8 eight and eight would be such an attainable goal for the squad and something they can aspire to. Now, again, playoffs, I think that right there is the pipe dream in the sense that there are just too many, quote-unquote, established contenders right now. The Jets, at this moment, they strike me as a team that is in the, quote-unquote, one move away, one or two moves away category, in the sense that I think they're just missing a couple extra pieces for them to truly contend. And I think that you know, the, the, that the, the, that move could well be on the active roster right now. Because if Quincy Nunwa or Robbie Anderson suddenly break out this season, then you have an elite receiver, which I think is very essential to many NFL teams this year. I know many have said, you know, no, nah, the quarterback's more important. And that's fine. It's totally fine to think that. But... So many teams have gone by with so many more elite receivers in way. You need a playmaker to come out there. With New England, with New England, for example, take a look. It's a revol- it's a revolving door of newcomers every single time. Of course, you have the constants. You have the Julian Edelmans, you have the Rob Gronkowski's, you had the Wells Welkers. But for one year, for example, you had Randy Moss, and Brady has turned so many lesser-known receivers into big to big names. Like remember, there was those years they dealt with, you know, Jabbar Gaffney and Rache Caldwell. If the Jets can have that, they can move out of the one-year-away category, and I just think in the sense that Bell makes them a much better team, and 500 is such an attainable goal for them. I believe the Jets over 100 wins at this point is 7.5. I do believe they can make that owner. That is a realistic goal for this team that I think they can achieve. Yes,
1: and, and when we're talking about one move away, yeah. how about Trent Williams? Yeah. If, if there was one long shot, I'd call it a long shot right now. But knowing Joe Douglas and his background, if mm-hmm. there was one player that could be acquired, they have yeah. enough money. They'd have to give up a you know mid, third. I don't know. Maybe second. I don't know what the skins would want. Um, Trent Williams would be that guy. He could transform this this offense. You stick right. him at left tackle. You have Trent Williams, assembly on the left side. Oh my goodness. That move is and Shell battling it out on the right side. Winters, Harrison, that old line turns from we don't know and they suck to it could be really good.
0: Yes. I agree. That
1: is the one move that I think could really propel this team to the playoffs.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And we discussed during the offseason that the best quarterbacks always seem to have, you know— alignment that they come up with and helps them in the early stages of their career. Trent Williams wouldn't be here for you know the duration of Sam Darnold's entire career, but he can be that guy that gives him the confidence, the security, and stability that it's and stability that you know could make a young quarterback more confident in this league. Now, because for Darnold, yes, we can go on and on about how amazing three of those final four games looked. Let's keep in mind he did struggle in his rookie season and there are there were potential for people to say like oh this might be a, this guy might be a bust early. Like, I'm not saying that is the case. He just needs to be a lot more confident than he is right now and Trent Williams could be that guy. He can come out there, he can be the the blocker and add that sense of special security to this Jets offense in making things easier for Darnold and Bell. They're going to be the two guys that, you know, are very crucial to this offense guys are going to be depended upon to take a far bigger load, maybe more than they've ever been accustomed to in their football careers. Like for example, Darnold had plenty of help at USC. Bell had plenty of help over at Pittsburgh as we discovered in his absence last year, but they're going to be called upon to take on a massive amount of the offensive pie right now, a massive portion of it. And, you know, Trent Williams can help share that load and be a great job and and do a great job. And he was ranked yesterday uh, or some point recently with the NFL Network counting down the top 100 players of 2018. Trent Williams came in in the 80s, I believe. I believe at number 81. So I'm very interested to see the best players of 2019, excuse me. But I'm very interested to see what they could do. Washington, the Redskins are in a a place where – they're somewhat in rebuild mode right now because look what they're doing. They're bringing Eric Flowers out there as the starting tackle, and it's going as well as you can expect, I've heard from my Washington sources. So Eric Williams is taken down for Trent Williams in there. So I think that they're in a team that's very much in rebuild mode right now. They're, work, they're working to make their own franchise quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, more, com- more comfortable down there. I don't know how Eric Flowers is going to accomplish that, but they're going to want to Start things fresh, start things anew down there, so I think it might take a lot for the jets against Trent Williams, but this is an investment and a risk I think you can very much take, yeah, what do you think it would i mean, what is he upset about? He's upset
1: about how the doctors didn't treat something on his head, he had a
0: growth on his head i mean hey, let's face it this is this is this is Washington, so. You know, we've seen time and time again how that franchise has messed things up from time to time, especially when it comes to the injury front. I think uh, we can refer to you know one, uh, one Robert Griffin the third, if you want to talk about how the Redskins have mishandled injuries. So that is that that is the issue right now, I believe. Uh, trying to educate myself a little bit more on what Washington is doing, especially in the sense that they play the Jets this year. Jets go. Over- <clears throat> over this year and the Redskins have also brought in Donald Penn to take a look at and he be he will be brought in for a workout so the Redskins right now I think trading the seven-time pro bowler would be the best option for him Williams seems very upset with this squad right now and understandably so the Redskins are a team that's really not really going much anywhere they're a team that I expect to be in the handful that will contend for the number one overall pick next season. So, his current he is he is rather upset with the medical staff right now. Trent Williams hasn't commented on it publicly nor has his agent, but that's the that's the gist of what the issue seem to be right now. So, if the Jets can, you know, make their mark and, you know, insert themselves into the Trent Williams sweepstakes, this would be a fantastic investment for them moving forward because the Jets right now, they don't want you know having the third overall pick to become a yearly tradition. They've basically been in the three or four, over the past, four, the past three or four seasons, they've been picking in the top 10. So this has been a major problem. So I really think that they need to. They need to make sure. A good way to make sure that top ten picks don't become routine with this organization, if they haven't already, they should, you know, set themselves up, give themselves expectations, make sure they're sending away, say, the sixteenth, the seventeenth, the eighteenth pick moving forward. So this is a move I think the Jets should definitely look into.
1: I'm giving up a second rounder for him. I know he's thirty-one, but I have Sam Darnold. No, you're I right. Have you're Sam right. Darnold and I have a bad line. If that opportunity presents itself, I'm giving up a second rounder. If I don't have Darnold, and and the move wouldn't make you know such a drastic difference, third, fourth, but second, I would do a second. There's
0: like, no question about I'm, it. I'm willing to trade away a first for this. I think. Wow, I it it seems like a stretch, but you know these are the most important years of Sam Darnold's career. This is the most important point on the New York Jets franchise timeline since, what, what do you want to say, maybe the 80s, maybe the maybe the 90s? This is the period that they put the most stock into because there. it's been a long time since then, ben, there's been this kind of hope in the Jets organization. Yes, it might have been there when there was Mark Sanchez, but we quickly found out that that probably wasn't going to be the ideal situation with Sanchez in here. But right now, Darnold has had the most hype. He has had the most, uh, you know, he has had the biggest following. He's had the most, uh, he's had the most believers of any Jets quarterback that has come in here. And let's face it, Jets fans are simply getting impatient because they've had to watch Tom Brady dominate this they dominate the AFC East, have a bit of a monopoly on it for about a decade and a half now. So they just want to get back into contention. And you need to ensure that you do that as soon as possible. So a first-round pick might be a small sacrifice to make for making sure this p- period of potential prosperity lasts longer. So I'm not saying I would do it. I'd say I would strongly consider it. No, ba- based on his talent and his
1: consecutive string of Pro Bowls – you're probably right with the first. It's just in the NFL. I always feel like the value, trading is so difficult. the oh. value never met with the player.
0: This is not like the NBA per se, where draft picks are tossed around like a used lawnmower in the sense that you know you could put protections yes. on them. you could put like caveats all over the place on them. First round pick, first round picks are very hard commodities to come by in the NFL and it's something that I thought was such a risk when we saw the Dallas Cowboys trade for Amari Cooper and give away first rounders. So this is such an interesting sense, but Dallas was in a position now we're in with Amari Cooper that they might be in the upper echelon of contenders this year, but the Jets want to get back to that. If they get back to that spot, it would be a win for them as is this season. So first round pick, like I said, Washington is going to demand the lot for him too. They're going to bite the bullet on this. If they, if it does come to trading Trent Williams, they're going to say something along the lines of, we need to get back the maximum value for us, especially because we're in the sense of we might be rebuilding for quite a while. And the Redskins pretty much have been rebuilding since Joe Gibbs left for the first time. So there really has not been any extended period of Washington football success down there. So they're going to want something that will speed up the rebuild as fast as possible. And a first round pick would do that. It would be up to the Jets now to make sure that does not become a top 10 pick they could become so accustomed to over the years. They, they, if they could make that, you know, maybe the 20th pick or something like that, that would make it a successful trade. And Sam Darnold would get the, would get the stability and security a young quarterback so desperately needs in this National Football League.
1: Yeah, he just needs to stay healthy. That's the one thing with Trent. He's he's hurt constantly. Um, yes. And he's 31. So, yeah, I'm close. I'm close to your thinking there. Very close. We'll like, see. It'll be interesting to see what they ask for. Or, hey, it could end at any moment, and he reports, and he plays.
0: Oh, yeah. If he, if he reports to Washington, this whole conversation almost becomes null and void. But if you're the Jets, you really have to start thinking about making Darnold as comfortable as you can. I thought – they made some they did make some strides in the right direction in that this offseason. Before the offseason even began, they brought in Quincy Anunwa, who de- developed a great rapport with Darnold. They developed a great relationship and they rewarded and they rewarded Anunwa's play so far. He's had one of the more improbable stories in the NFL that you'll see in recent history in the sense that, you know, undrafted a free agent at a temple, not at a temple, but he, no, no, I'm thinking of Robbie Anderson. Oh my goodness. But um, Quincy Nunwell comes in lower rank draft pick. I believe he comes in here and he does a phenomenal job in the preseason, makes name for himself in the regular season, develops strong chemistry with the young rookie and his efforts were rewarded with a brand new deal. And that's going to make Darnold more comfortable. They also brought in Koleki assembly. Good job there. They placed a the second-round tender on the aforementioned Robbie Anderson, who also developed some good chemistry with Darnold. Good job there. But they didn't bolster what could be the hidden gem, the hidden hidden infinity stone of this roster of the NFL entirely. The offensive line. They need to bolster that because offensive line. They're in a sense kind of like I used to say. I used to say this when I was. Uh, when I played the game and I was a long snapper, uh, anyone on the offensive line, I thought this really applied to long snappers in particular, anyone on the offensive line could almost be like a superhero in the sense that if people don't know your name, you are much better off in the sense that, you know, if you keep hearing your number called there during the game, that means there's a penalty. If you're keep shown if you're keeping shown on the, if you, if you keep appearing on the replay, that means you're getting beat by a defender of some sort or a defensive lineman or a blitzer coming in. So it's almost like a sense of being a superhero where anonymity is your friend and the jets need to make sure that they bolster this offensive line. It's not, you know, a glamorous position in the sense that you almost never see your name in the box score Unless you happen to jump on a fumble in the end zone or something like that, or rare tech, rare tackle eligible play, and the Jets want to get in, in, get in on that fun where they can promote the big names, uh, the promote the big skill player names. Like if they, they would love to see Quincy and then one, Robbie Anderson jerseys dominate Met MetLife Met Stadium and. If the chemistry continues at Darnold, you will see plenty of more Anderson and in the New Jersey's over Met like Stadium this season. But you have to bolster this line, and especially when you put so much stock into a quarterback commodity, a guy who can be the face of your franchise, ideally for the next decade at least, you need to have as much insurance in him and protecting him as possible. Trent Williams can be that guy. Yeah, I'd say – Super, you said superhero. Yeah, that's if right. they had Trent Williams,
1: Trent Williams with Lee on the left side would be like Thor. Ah! Right now, it's sort of like Handicap Man from a Living Color. <laughs> uh, David Williams. And so that's, that's <laughs> the stark difference that I see here. And we'll see. I mean, Handicap Man to Thor. That's, and with Sam Darnold back there, we'll see.
0: I, I was going to be nice. nice. I was, I was going to bring up one of the more mediocre superhero movies of our time. I was going to say something along the lines of, like, the Affleck Daredevil or something like that. But you went to Handicap Man. That's <laughs> quite interesting. And you went – and well played on well played on your vocabulary. Stark difference there. That, of course, being Iron Man. So I'm looking forward to seeing because – I'll put it this way. Darnold is basically their Infinity Gauntlet there if you've seen Avengers Infinity War. He's their Infinity Gauntlet. He has the weapons. He has – all those stones on his hand, the infinity stones on his hand right now, and he's going to be the key for this process moving forward. You have to make him as comfortable as possible. Raw talent, it seems in a way, in this National Football League doesn't get get you fully by anymore. You need to have a full team effort and look no further than what the past Super Bowl champions have been able to do. The Patriots are self-explanatory. The Philadelphia Eagles, they didn't miss a beat when Carson Wentz went down and Nick Foles went in. Sure, you need to have the elite quarterback, but raw talent doesn't get you by anymore in today's NFL. It's a team effort. Do you agree, Rob?
1: Yeah, and and you know what? Frank Polak, I watched a little bit of Frank Polak uh, in the offensive line yesterday. um, A lot of hopes are clinging to Polak, the coach. He's He's a great offensive line coach. Yes. If they stay healthy, which is very tough to ask, very tough to ask. But if they stay healthy, it can be a middle of the Paco line, as is. Yes. Um, so that's the hope right now. And, you know, obviously when I say handicap, man, I'm just joking around.
0: Oh, of course. To-
1: today's landscape, I don't know how Living Color did it back then. Today's landscape, that would never fly. No. No, you're probably right. Um, man. But Damon Williams, classic, legend. Yes. Um, Great show. We'll It'll be interesting. It- we'll know right away, depending on what Washington's asking for.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. 100 percent. And uh, look, if we're going to keep doing uh, TV reboots, seems like every single show is getting reboot these days. I would love to see a living color return. Get those guys back together. I'm sure I'm sure that everyone would do such a great job. But you talk about Polak. This is the guy, for example, that helped the Dallas Cowboys Form that form that renowned offensive line. That's all anyone talked about for the longest time. He helped them out a little bit. He joined them as an assistant offensive line coach in 2013. Was the full-time offensive line coach from 25 to 2017. Spent time with the Bengals last year. So this is very interesting in the sense that they brought someone who knows the import- They brought someone in who knows the importance of an offensive line, and that's why it was so shocking to me that they didn't fully bolster. Uh, they didn't fully bolster this O-line, the Osemile deal not, notwithstanding. It kind of reminds me of the sense that a couple years ago, I was still running for the New York Giants. This was the infamous 2017 season. And there was a big question, how come they didn't bring in Andrew Whitworth? And, you know, he did a fantastic job over in L.A. and continues to do so. And Whitworth was not brought in by the Giants. And everyone asked Jerry Reese at midseason during his week press conference. He asked, why didn't you bring him in? And he basically said there was no room for him on the team right now, which I don't know how you could even say that. He didn't fit our system pretty much. He said something along those lines I'm paraphrasing. So um, did, I really hope for the Jets' sake that this doesn't go down as a similar situation for them where they had opportunities to bolster their offensive line, their, their outside linemen, and really did not do so. This year is on such a crucial point in the timeline. I admire the confidence, but we'll see if the lack of activity comes back to haunt them. Todd Gurley,
1: 2016, 278 rush attempts, 885 yep. yards, six touchdowns. Right. And,
0: and 2017,
1: 279 rush attempts, 1305 yards, Ooh. 13 touchdowns. The same year they mm-hmm. picked up Whitworth mm-hmm. and nothing else changed.
0: Yeah, yeah, and... Let's face it, Le'Veon Bell's Le- Le'Veon Bell's lines in Pittsburgh very solid, very solid. Very,
1: very solid. That very is going to be. Listen, do not be surprised if they struggle in the first month. That is going to take until October for the line and Bell to mesh with each other because he's such a patient runner. Mm-hmm. He he thrives on counters and misdirections and draws because he he's the most patient runner in NFL history. Gase right. is gonna have to adjust to that. The O-line is gonna have to adjust to that. And he actually talked about it a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. that it will take time. Right. So the first four games, if it's not happening, it it's that's natural.
0: I think the first game of the season is just gonna be so important. we we'll obviously talk about it more once we get a little closer to that day. But the first game of the season against Buffalo is gonna be so important in the sense that you know it would be huge to emerge from that. With the win against a Buffalo team that, like the Jets, is very starved for is very starved for consistent success. And if you want to if you want to put a good note on this season, it cannot end with a loss. It cannot begin with the loss to the Buffalo Bills. Heck, it can't end that way either. They also play in Week 17 in Orchard Park. So I think that, you know, that game is going to be so important, and especially considering the rest of the opponents on, uh, the opponents coming up within the first few weeks. you got to play New England twice, NFC playoff teams in Philadelphia and Dallas. You're also going to be playing the Cleveland Browns. So you need to get a win in that opening stage, And no matter how much you struggle. And they're capable of it. They, re- they beat Buffalo last season, thanks to some late Darnold heroics, but... I definitely think this is a team you need to win that week one game if you want to, you know, get the good vibes going.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Whenever you talk schedule, I am um, compl- in complete agreement with you.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, I think that I guess that's why we work so well. Now, moving on also, the Jets also had some tough news losing Chris Hernan for the first four games. Rob, how big of a loss is this? It's
1: huge. Yeah. Because he's the only vertical threat tight end they have. Yeah. That's um, cool. The closest thing behind him is Anunua. Um, obviously he's not a tight end, but you know, throwing him in the slot if Burnett could go to the outside and they run some four receiver sets, uh-huh. like Chan Gailey used to do, yes. that's the closest thing that could uh replicate it. Wesco is not a tremendous, he's more. He's not a tremendous athlete. He's more of a workman-like guy.
0: whats is such an interesting case to me in the sense that he's he is under no in no way, shape, or form. He's not the top receiving option. Only had about 400 yards of receiving over West Virginia and 350, let's call it, of that came last season. But he is the other tight end on this roster with the most upside to me.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, but... It'll be, I think it'll be a team effort in trying to replace uh, Herndon the first four weeks. It'll be Wesco and somebody else. I don't know. Maybe they go Wesco and Tomlinson when they go too tights or they need a H back mm-hmm. It remains to be seen.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Eric Tomlinson can do. He's not exactly lining up the stat sheet either. But, hey, I guess they, bought him, they brought him back for a reason. And I'm also interested to see what the newcomer – Owen Daniels could do. He's been in this league for quite a while, about six or seven years, had a touchdown and had at least one touchdown every single one, except for last season. But I'm interested to see what Owen Daniels to, uh, can do. And tight end is really a, a battle. I'm keeping an eye on this, this training camp. Are there any battles you've had an eye on? I think the secondary, who is going to be that nickelback?
1: Is it Malay um, right now, they, they, Daryl Roberts is the number two guy, clearly, mm-hmm. behind Tremaine. So when they go, with, when they go nickel, Daryl Roberts stays outside and Malay goes to the inside. Um, who else could step up? Who else are the candidates right now with pool out?
0: Yeah, the only right.
1: other option I see is Derek Jones being on the outside and moving Daryl Roberts back to the inside. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to see
0: that take place. Yeah, right. It's gonna be really interesting to look at and it's gonna come up huge in the upcoming preseason games. The Jets preseason slate, of course, starts on August eighth as they take on the New York Giants. Do not adjust your set. They're playing them in the first week of the preseason this year rather than the third. That's gonna do it for us here on the Jets All the Way podcast in this latest edition. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Elite Sports New York, and we as we as we head out in our latest episode. Rob, any final thoughts? Anything we should look forward to at training camp this week?
1: Look for tomorrow with the pads on, with the fans there. Uh, we'll see. It is kind of the first official real practice of the summer.
0: And we'll be with you every step of the way right here at EliteSportsNewYork.com. You can, you can check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And also follow us once more on Instagram. That'll do it for us on the Jets All The Way podcast. For Robbie Sabo, I am Jeff Magluchet. Thanks for listening, folks.